So we have founded GCMO two and a half years ago. Uh, once we have realized that we had many uh, peers who shared our global marketing challenges and uh, were achieving outstanding marketing successes. And we thought that we should initially create a think tank of, for like-minded professionals uh, because everybody, everybody knows or think they know about marketing, and every, every, but we all understand that we need someone to lean on, uh, consult with. And apparently uh, we created this fantastic community that started from friends and family. Now we are uh, more, more than 100 uh, highly, uh, highly uh, motivated professionals that, that, and the fact that we, we combining everything in a very safe and very uh, friendly space. Uh, even though we have competitors, we compete with each other on, you know, during the day, but once we right. are together, we, we share knowledge and we lean on each other. And uh, later, later in the, within the years, it really evolved into a networking community and some uh, some great handover of senior positions. Which you know we we we're, we're playing uh, um, um, the game of chairs, if you want, um, and and because you know we 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 actually uh, have a hold of this fantastic pool of uh, of talents. So we're just um, handovering positions and. Um, so, and, and I guess the third and the most uh, ultimate goal, and we will touch it later on with, within the call, that uh, we created GCMO in order to position um, Israel as a marketing nation, not only a startup nation, but also a marketing nation, because this is the power that actually empowers startups and scale-up companies. Awesome, thank you, Sophie. Uh, Frat or Shiri, do you, anything you would like to yeah. add? Yeah, actually, I would. I would like to add to it. I think, well, first of all, Sophie, it was three and a half years ago, not two and a half years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, no, it's yeah, three and a half years. Yes. Um, so uh, you know, when I look at it, I think there are like two main things, and and uh, and uh, Sophie really touched on the first one. You know, sharing is caring. Okay, and we're not cannibal to each other. I always like to um, use this references, although it's not true anymore. But uh, when we just started, uh, Sophie was the VP at Outbrain. And we also had the VP from Tabula. And on the first session, they sat on the same table and, you know, we discussed marketing. So this was like awesome. We would use that. Too bad we can't use that anymore. Sophie's not there. Um, for me, it was a bit of a different angle that I, I would like to put in. And that is um, during the early years in, in join. Um, we would, um, you know, invest in these startups and recruit for them their whole marketing. Uh, we would really pick and choose them because we were a really small company, so like we couldn't help everyone. So we, we kind of we wanted to identify the ones that we thought were going to really make it, um, and then we'd build their whole marketing team, and then they would go for round I don't know, C or D with the, with the major money. And like the the first go to was okay, so let's move the marketing to you know, the US or whatever. Right. And right. I, it would always, I, I mean, it was heartbreaking for me. I want to say, you know, I got my money as a recruiter, you know, I already recruited these people, but they would never do that to, you know, R&D or the product. You know, these are like the goal that we're always uh, uh, keeping on. And, and I thought that people do, here in Israel, we do kick-ass marketing. And, and I don't think that it should be like the, you know, the go-to, yeah, we raised some money, let's move the marketing. So, these are like the two things. One is that we share information. We help each other that way. And the second one is that we kind of want to say Israel Startup Nation is also a marketing concept, a really good one, because we yeah. do have kick-ass marketing here in Israel. So that would be my point to it. Awesome. Thank you. Frat, any, any additional thoughts on the, the topic? Perfect. Perfect. I have to say, I mean, I watched the, the video that was, you know, made for, I guess, the 2019 summit and I cried. It was just such a <laughs> incredible movie, like just about how I think you Israel's... may be the, the only person in the world that have cried. Yeah, people are going to think that it's a dramatic <laughs> film. <laughs> I, 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 I cry at the end of uh, movies too, like Finding Nemo. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but uh, anyway, so so now just let's I talk about the last... It was a compliment, Max. It Thank was. You. No, no, it's truth. It touched me. Truth makes me all about emotions, Efrat. So. Exactly. You, you, you got me. You got me. Um, so... So let's talk about the last year a little bit. Like, how has 
how things evolved without having this, ab this ability to have in-person activities? Did you guys do a lot of, you know, Zooms where you would share information or how did you guys adapt the organization to, to remote? And now that we're coming back to the physical, how do you see it sort of going forward? So basically in the past year, um, since we, we have always been a digital community on top of being a physical community, yeah. it was quite easy to continue and, and work together as a community when we couldn't see each other face to face. So we have a WhatsApp group. Imagine that 110 people on one WhatsApp group. That's it's the like most active group we have. So that continued to work, obviously, and on steroids. And on top yeah. of that, one of the things we did is we um, distributed the forum to smaller roundtables, okay. uh, groups of about 10 to 12 uh, members in each so that they can have a more intimate group to consult with. And yeah. they would meet face to face because it's a small group. So recently, pods, yeah. Started, yeah. yeah, so we had those pods and we hosted them in different places and and basically, they had like, uh, they, we couldn't do the 100 people all together in a physical space, but we could do groups of 10 or 12. So we did that as cool. well to keep the community cool. alive. Awesome. I think when, when you have a community of, uh, of global marketeers, you kind of take it um, into consideration that pre-corona time, 50% of us were up in the air at each given time to yeah. begin with. It yeah. is really important for us to, you know, the meetings, the face-to-face, -face, because this is a community. That's the whole idea. It's not just about listening to um, whatever Speakers, speaker yeah. or that, that, right. that, that we have. It's, it's you know, the, the, the discussion that happens after that. That's like the interesting um, thing to it. Is, are you going to cap it? Like, isn't 100, 110 a lot of, you know, people? To yeah, we don't want it. it to be too big. But the thing is, it's not so much about the number. It's more about the criteria. So we're very strict right. with who comes into the community. And we have a set of, of, um, of criteria for people to adhere to. Uh, right. If they meet the criteria, they can, they can join the forum. Uh, and we have a whole process to onboard new members. Beautiful. But I think... I think What's interesting, Max, I think we, we touched on it when we prepared for the panel, is really how, you know, with the, with the evolution that everything went through in the past year, we, we also discussed when we look at marketing, how, how did that evolve alongside the ecosystem and, and what are the differences we see today versus, you know, a few years ago? Lay it on me. So, yeah. so I want to say here, because I think that's a very important point. I think that firstly, we shouldn't forget that there's still a huge number of early stage startups that need their heads of marketing. And, and that transition that Chile was talking about to outsource that in the US or somewhere else based on where you're gonna do your, your business is something that we in GCMO have been trying to educate the market for a long time, that there's no real need in that, that the talent exists in Israel. So it's easy to think more of scale-ups because it is indeed very impressive to witness their successes in the past year. All the IPOs we've been seeing, all the right. fundraising we've been seeing, it is very right. impressive. But let's remember that in order to build a strong industry, we need companies in various stages, in all stages. You at Lul Ventures would know, you know, would know best. And, and Sophie as well, working with a lot of early stage startups. Yeah. So with, with the maturity of the ecosystem, I think that it comes with the understanding that we need CMOs that are on par with Silicon Valley CMOs. And what some people may not know is that we do have them here in Israel. These CMOs, must be managers of larger scale teams, teams that are dispersed around different geographies. Yeah. And, and they must be well equipped to run both brand driven teams and revenue generation teams. Okay. And, and in B2B and B2C, it may look a little bit different yeah. in terms of the tactics and the markets, but in terms of management skills for the CMOs, there are actually many similarities, and I think that's why we can find that common ground between the CMOs we have at, at GCMO. And I think another big difference from five years ago to today is the understanding that marketing is a key player, oftentimes the central player in, in building the pipeline, the business pipeline, where yeah. we haven't caught up yet. And I think that's something that many founders or, or uh, investors don't get yet. 
like they don't get the ultimate importance of a, of a good CMO in building the pipeline of the company. Yeah. And where we haven't caught up yet is with the compensation for it. We see <laughs> that, you know, no, but yeah. seriously, it, just yeah. think about it for a second. Sales get compensated on revenues, right? It's just a given. It's so like everyone understands that. Yeah. But CMOs are still not being compensated on their contribution to the pipeline and to the revenue of the company. And that has to start changing. That's the mindset that we'll be aiming uh, to create if, if we're taking on the next challenge of educating the market. And I think that the, the role of marketeers have changed a lot in the past five years. And, and a good marketeer today has to be an all-rounded, very holistic marketeer anywhere from and, and again, it depends on the stages of the startup or the company. Sure. Right at the beginning, let's put the focus on market research, later on product marketing. Then we put the, the effort on SDR when we start to outreach to customers and then growth acquisition, revenue generation, brand PR, et cetera. So, so a, good market, a good CMO really has to have a broad set of skills. Um, yeah, so... Or or engage people that will complete. I think it's build teams uh, absolutely build the right. Those team. those CMOs are unicorns. Those CMOs who who have who speak both languages, the the growth and the brand are really are, are unicorns. Most of the CMOs and we, we we know most of the global CMOs in Israel are either 60 are 60 40 or growth growth brand or brand growth and the clever ones and um and surround themselves with with teams that very strong teams that complete them and and, and this is also uh, one of the strength of the community that we help each other with uh, with the filling positions and with how how to build how to structure your your, your marketing your, your marketing department and 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 how to build five year plan and then cut back to today uh, and th and we have this huge focus team to to consult with and to better practice our day to day interesting um, shiri what do you think I'd like to react like from a slightly different angle. Um, I, I was presented with this um, sort of like dilemma a few years ago when, when I was recruiting and, and like people said, should we take it, you know, a performance uh, uh, brand marketing person or like a brand marketing person? And, and my personal feeling is that you, you need them both, okay? And like, uh, like Sophie said, there are a few unicorns, I can tell you, um, what uh, you know, what their characteristics is that people that don't appreciate sleep, so they have a lot of time and they just do everything. But but in essence, uh, marketing has become you know so evolved and it's so many things. It's basically kind of impossible for one person to really master everything. You know, the brand, the channels, the performance. So. I think what Sophie said is a really important point to touch upon. Uh, you might be, you know, the head of and the CMO, but it's really okay to have these people who, you know, complement you in the space. Like, for instance, if you're a very, you know, brand marketing person, yeah, you need something, someone very strong with you who's performance. And, and I think that's the, the, the name of the game to really, you know, combine these together, these skills and have like a holistic team. But I think that's something that, yeah, the market has been better about. You know, they're not trying to find that person that can do this jack of all trades. They can do this and this and this and that. There is a realization that no one can do everything. We should separate it into like different silos. So all of you kind of mentioned brand versus growth. Um, and maybe just another way of saying it is sort of like the art versus the science. I don't know if you agree with that, that sort of distinction, but. Um, In you know, a way, because performance is art as well. I was just going to say that. You stole my thing. I was literally going to say, you know, because performance also has the art, you know, the art of science. And the brand also has the science. So there you go. But, but you know, maybe, maybe talk a little bit more about that relationship and how it evolves from sort of an earlier stage over time and sort of, is there a shift in sort of how a company needs to prioritize its resources as it grows from you know, brand to growth, or do they have to sort of just in parallel be building both things, you know, sort of that in, in some sort of harmonious way? I'm just curious if you guys can share a few more thoughts on, on the relationship between brand and growth. Yeah. 
well, you go. Yeah, I'll just start uh, with a short one. So basically, I think that it really depends. The, the, the short answer is that it really depends on the company and the industry, the market, the product, because each uh, company will have its own package, right? So you'd have to yeah. take many parameters into consideration when you start building your marketing strategy. And, and basically, when you start out, um, it's very important to lay the foundations and the foundations normally start by knowing the market, knowing the target audience, knowing the customer personas, and then targeting them the right uh, kind of audience with the right kind of message, the right kind of content. So then product marketing comes into play and corporate marketing comes into play when you have to raise funds, right? So you have to present your company right and you have to pitch to investors and and so that there, you, you'd have different stakeholders or different target audiences as an early stage startup that you're talking to. And as you progress, your, um, your focus shifts to other places when you do your marketing. It's less the market research and the product market fit. And now it's more about finding the customers and going, go, do your go-to-market, uh, run your go-to-market uh, programs uh, and build your go-to-market programs for every country and every um, uh, audience that you're approaching. And then we're starting to look at the tactics. So if you're B2C, you'd put more effort on your performance. And if you're B2B, you'd probably put more effort on PR and, and content marketing. So, and then it really depends on the company. So that's my, my look at it. That's helpful. Um, so, you know, in, in terms of investing in marketing, um, and, you know, sort of be, being able to prioritize uh, where, where to focus. Maybe you guys could also just share sort of your own process um, when you have a budget and you're thinking about how to, to allocate it to different resources. Like, how do you, when you, when you have a limited resource, right, most, most startups have this issue, right? They have a, a limited marketing budget and they want to make the most out of it. Um, I, I, I totally appreciate that it has to be customized per per startup and, and per market, but you guys have been doing this for a decade or more. Like, how do you, uh, you know, underwrite sort of the, the different areas to, to focus on? I would just like to say that before AppSlayer, I never had like a big marketing, you know, budget. So I'm really used to doing things with no budget, you know, like these guerrilla things. And, and I think at the end of the day, and this is something that you can very widely say about everyone in our community, we're very creative people because okay, we're all marketeers and it kind of comes with the territory, even the performance ones, which you're kind of saying, maybe, you know, the growth versus a science, I think you still need to be very creative about it. So it's yeah. not just the budget. Um, I think my role is slightly different with my, my angle to marketing. So maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later. No, no, but tell us now, tell us now. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to, to hear your perspective as well. Okay, so, so when I'm talking about marketing, I'm talking about um, marketing the company as a place to work at, which is okay. slightly different than marketing a product. Um, right. I'll say this quickly, you know, if you buy this product and it's shit, then you can, I don't know, never buy it again. And if you're a millennial and you have some time, you can trash it on, on, you know, the web or whatever. But when it comes to your career, if you were sold on something, you know, we're this and that kind of company, we're working hard, play hard, diverse, blah, 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 blah. Um, especially now when it's Corona time and you didn't actually get to come to the office and kind of get the vibe, you just got everything out of Zoom and you actually start with this company. And you know, it will take a really short time for you to understand that hmm, this is not what was told. So this is not just about this product that I don't like. This is my career. This is you know my my LinkedIn page. This is really really important. So um, why am I saying this? And I'll, I'll get back to to the marketing strategy. I think the first thing, and it's very very important when you talk about employer brand, is not to say something that you're not just because it's very cool which is very trendy today to say that we're this and we're that. But, but in these cases, this is not just from product that when they find out that you're not that way, they'll just never use it again. You have to be very particular. I call it eating your own dog food. Um, some people don't like that. So you can also use uh, drinking your own champagne. But in essence, you know, if you say that you're this, this and that, you know, the product does this, this, and that, doesn't matter. It's the same unique value proposition. We just call it EVP, which is the employer value proposition. But yeah. A, and I think it's like the most important, you gotta live 
those values because unlike other any product, this is something really, really important. This has to do with your, your personal career. So that would be A. And the second thing, and for me, it's easier than my colleagues here because you know I only have 1,100, 100, yeah, about, yeah, but 1,100 people. These are my customers. These are my immediate customers. I need to keep mm -hmm. them happy first. And if they're happy, I can use them as my, I hate the word ambassadors, but you know, advocators for for the message. So there aren't that many segments. It's just like people within the company. And like any good campaign, I think it starts with data. Okay, first survey, you know, get as much data as you as you can. Um, we're a data company. So for us it's kind of easy, but but we're actually really known for the fact that we ask our people so many things. And for me, I don't do anything before I see, you know, the data in front of me and decide that you know we're gonna we're gonna invest in this or that. So a slightly different angle, but still it's marketing. It's the same, you know, concepts. Just you need to, to understand that what you're selling is is people's career. So this is really important to be to be honest about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that you know there's 60 plus unicorns in Israel right now who are all asking themselves, you know, how do we recruit? How do we scale? How do we hire for all these open positions? Some companies are going from 50 to 500 people and you know, a year or two, how do you maintain culture and how do you make sure that, that people are happy? So I think this might be the, you know, uh, sort of topic of the, you know, the moment, how do you actually, um, you know, do this in a methodical way with, uh, you know, the art and the science combined. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how that evolves. Um, you know, I, I'm a VC, right? I'm coming at it from a, an investor hat and an investor angle. Um, and I'm sure, you know, all of you, obviously, Sophie, you're now CMO in residence, <clears throat> excuse me, um, maybe talk a little bit about the role of VC uh, when it comes to supporting companies and how involved they should be when it comes to providing marketing support. So I'll start, I'll start from my, new, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give my new angle, my new position and then. Perfect. Uh, um, so yeah, so I I'm, I work in a in, in a VC who is the VC is focused on on B two C, on consumer, which is my my internal love. I um, I, I was um, I was playing with B two B for a while. Now now I'm back uh, I'm back to B two C, and um, I think one of the roles that 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 VC should provide. Is a, is, a, is is support is is professional support um, adjusted to the needs of each company, and um, for me, understanding what makes consumer tick and how to position and how to build a brand and how to make a brand stand out. This this is my main role while I'm consulting all of our portfolio companies. Uh, we are into wellness and well-being, and this this space is also evolving from B two C to B two B two C, from selling products to selling services. All of, all of this should should be um, adjusted and aligned with very clear go-to-market and marketing strategies, and this is this is what we are providing alongside of other other services here and. In my VCs, so 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 basically, what I'm saying is, in early stages, portfolio companies such as now I'm dealing with, um, product market fit, or better to say, market product fit, is is so crucial in this early stages, and understanding that the marketing skills are needed from day one or from minus one. Uh, minus one. This is this is a, this, this is very uh, important. Yeah, I'll I'll add on top of that that educating VCs because they're the ones normally sitting in the boards of the company. So educating them that hiring marketing talents in Israel is the right thing to do is something that we have taken on ourselves. And I'm, I'm not just talking about us three, but I'm talking about GCMO members. So we're all advocating for the fact that you don't have to go to the US to get your CMO or your uh, first marketeer. You can do it from Israel. And, and I think that that took and takes still a lot of education uh, work for us and, and 
I think that founders and VCs are starting or investors are starting to understand that, that it can be done from here in Israel. And, and Corona had just accelerated that understanding and even proved it that even more, you know, because, you know, uh, wonder, look around. No, really, most companies have just grown and not just collapsed. Uh, we, we kept on ticking during this uh, year um, with our marketing teams being based here in Israel. I mean, at least the heads of marketing being based here in Israel. And the other thing related to VCs is I think the understanding that um, that investments need to be put on, um, on marketing and sales talents and not just on R&D. It's related to VCs, but it's also related to the government and maybe VCs role here is, is uh, significant because they have power to lobby that to the government. And I think government putting money on R&D programs with the innovation authority or other authorities that are pouring money into the industry has to yeah. also understand that they need to encourage a hiring of sales and marketing talent and, and training and development of that talent in Israel. Interesting. Because Interesting. we do have a big gap here in Israel in the number of open positions in uh, global companies and the tech sector. So uh, once VCs put their efforts and, and power onto that as well, to lobby that to the government so that the government will pour money onto that, that would be also a great contribution from uh, the VCs around them. Tapping, uh, tapping into what just uh, Fred said, we and GCMO, we are actually uh, uh, doing a lot of efforts to create this pool of, of talents. So we actually, for, for the last two years, we have, we have, we, we, we're working with, with two uh, main uh, MBA programs in Israel. One of the Hebrew University and the other one is the IDC. And we, we, we educate uh, MBA students and, and, and we, actually, we open a window to global marketing and all the tactics and all the strategies. And, and we, we, we're bringing uh, the real world in, into, into the academia. And, um, and we see a lot of potential there. And our next uh, next year, we're gonna open um, GCMO Next Gen, which is um, yet yet to be yet yet we will we will talk about it later on. But the idea behind this is how is to make sure that we there is a a new pool of talents that could jump from the local pool to the global pool with with the with the right skills and the know how. I okay. have to be. Yeah. I have to be a party pooper here. I'm sorry. I'm the only one in black, so I'll uh, I'll act accordingly. Um, I'm actually alarmed and concerned, and I would say this. I think that uh, unfortunately, the first time I think in years, um, I think it's just as hard to find a good um, marketing person as it is to find R&D people. Like we've always had this constant battle of recruiting, you know, programmers because you know or high tech and, and startup yeah. nation and we need all these programmers. I actually hear, and I'm not in the recruiting arena anymore for the last two years, but a lot of companies um, are actually looking for good marketing people, like strong CMOs, VP, and there's a real shortage. So what Sophie just said about, you know, kind of us wanting to take it to the next level and educate the next generation, there's also some, we all know this uh, marketing, you can go to school and it's very, very theoretical. But once right. you have someone actually staying and say, okay, this is how we do marketing at you know, XYZ. This is how I build my program. Um, this is how my staff looks, like my, my marketing department, which is also funny because you know we all have marketing departments. They're very much similar, but different names for different things, functions doing the same things. Do we put the SDR under marketing? Is it sales? All these um, dilemmas, but but I actually think that we're in for a rough patch with uh, with marketing um, people, marketing executives. Um, there's, you know, there just aren't um, that many um, right. qualified ones, and and I think that in in like a year or two, it will also get even harder because I'm not really sure how to manufacture new ones, um, which is what we're trying like to help with here in GCMO. But but I foresee a problem. I'm sorry for being. Um, not no, optimistic. no, no, that, that's fine because it feels like there's almost a conflict here, right? It's like GCMO is trying to convince the world that you don't need to hire abroad 
but then there's not enough talent locally. So you need to hire abroad. So, right. So so how do you- What I I want to say something about the hiring abroad because I just want to be understood. What what we said is that it shouldn't be the go-to. It used to be like a checklist, you know, you do the the round, okay. So now we have to move the marketing. What I'm saying is, you know, sometimes maybe it is right to move the marketing to the field. That's what I'm saying is like, you know, examine it. It shouldn't be- but, but also let's let's be let's refine it even more yeah. when we run global marketing operations out of israel it means that the cmo or the the heads of the marketing department will be based in israel but obviously we need field marketing we need representatives right. in any country that's the best right. way to do it you do want right. your local, i see what you're saying yeah right. you want you want your local teams dispersed that's best you want to be close in proximity to your customer so that doesn't contradict. We're talking about the senior level marketeers being uh, next to the management and being here in Israel. Right, which there's still, you know, I guess more demand and supply of high quality CMOs. And those take a little bit more time to manufacture, right. to use, you know, Shiri's words. Um, so, so is there any shortcut other than maybe just, you know, having a, the government try to bring CMOs from the U.S. who want to make Aliyah and just bring them to, yeah, very, <laughs> to Israel. Very or... tough way of doing it. Yeah, to them to develop them. That's exactly where our next gen uh, um, program comes into play. We want right. to we want to help and train more and more of these. So uh, and and we can also give another example. There are many expats in Israel. There are many people yeah. who come from English. Exactly, you you are being one of them, coming yeah. from from English speaking countries. And, um, and because there is a lack of marketeers and, and salespeople here in Israel, we have, for example, one of our GCMO members, Jake uh, Levant, he, he's opened uh, a special training and development program for SDRs, for sales development representatives, to train them from um, being in whatever position they were before but they're English speakers and they're, you know, they've lived internationally. We can very easily train them to have their first entry-level uh, position in marketing departments in Israel. And, and so he's, he's been running this program and then helping those people find their first jobs and in companies that need SDRs. And SDRs is one of the more, more popular or, or needed position at the moment in the market alongside PPC and alongside many other uh, marketing positions. I also think that um, with the com- with the vo- with more and more companies becoming unicorns and the, the unique know-how we have, especially in the gaming industry, um, there's we have again a pool of talented people, market mar- marketing growth oriented, who are actually re-entering other other companies. And, and, beca- and becoming their VP of growth of their v- v- or their CMOs because they because because they they grew with with the gaming industry and and they've and they've evolved with so um, there's that stream as well, as well alongside all the other initiatives. Um, so you know usually when there's a talent shortage, uh, the answer could be technology and automation, right? And so. I'm curious to know what interesting trends are you kind of tracking right now in terms of how the <clears throat> the profession is changing and how parts of it are potentially being taken over by AI or taken over by by software and you know what do you think uh, sort of will be some of the first functions to go and what do you think will be some of the parts of marketing that will never you know never sort of be replaced by technology? I guess. I guess um, I, I guess uh, storytelling, create creativity, innovation would never be replaced by machines. Um, these are merely tools to get us uh, more to, to, to get more efficient, more fast, more uh, more clever, and more uh, how to get to um, and how to touch our target audience, how to go down the file and, and convert leads in a, in a better and a smarter way. But initially, it starts with a good storytelling, with an, an innovative product and a good story and a good story that surround that product. So and because marketing in, in the end of the day is magic and sparkle. Um, 
otherwise even the most uh, um, Excel oriented marketeers among us understand that because otherwise they would choose that to, to become data scientists, right? Um, so this would be, this I think the, the most crucial in, in initial part at my at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would add on top of that that where you do see automation taking uh, taking on and and really accelerating things is in the whole um, in the whole process of selling and okay. being and and qualifying your top of the funnel. So in, in the sales development area, any kind of sales automation, uh, outreach automation, uh, analyzing intent of, yeah. of people uh, with AI, uh, yeah. analyzing voice, analyzing messaging, Text. sentiment, yeah. you know, things like that would really help push the leads that are on the top of the funnel uh, lower on. And then if you look at the whole funnel, I think that any type of uh, automation tool that works on, on better optimizing the funnel and creating better conversion rates between one stage of the funnel to the next is something that will be in higher demand because we, we want to make sure that we um, convert as many leads as possible from the initial stages to the end of the funnel to being a, a, a winning customer. And so, uh, and I think that there's a lot more understanding to the technology behind marketing now. And, and you know, a, a marketing department today without a marketing operations, without, uh, you know, technical people is not a complete department. So, right. And there are so many tools out there. Anything to do with attribution um, uh, analysis as well, you know, AppSpire, et cetera. But these, these areas, analytics, et cetera, will help marketeers become better in their performance, in their, um, in their results in the end of the day. <clears throat> Shuri, what are some trends that you're, you're watching or that you're, you're excited about? Um, well, two things. One has to do with something that we discussed earlier <clears throat> about VCs. Um, yeah. I think a few years ago, when you went to a VC, then you had to come, you know, with the business plan. You had to come with like the CEO and the technology, the CEO and the CTO. Usually, right. sorry, but two white males go into, you know, present there. And and I think VCs are starting to um to ask the very important question: um, How are you going to guys? How, how you guys are going to market it? VCs yeah. are asking the important question, do you have a heartbeat? <laughs> and if the answer okay. is yes, here's, here's the term. Uh, there, no, there you go. go <laughs> it, it does look like that. And we were just laughing that in our, uh, in our WhatsApp group, you can fund uh, like a small country with all the, uh, you know, the, the last uh, rounds that uh, have been made here in Israel. But, but I do think it's important and it's a, it's a cool trend that we see that, you know, VCs also understand that this is important. You, you don't just, you know, go for, for like the technology and the business. You also need to think of, you know, will we be able to actually, you know, um, lay to the people. So this is one thing that uh, I think is important is coming. The second thing we also touched upon, and that is uh, kind of understanding that uh, the CMO cannot do everything. Okay, they need technology, they need different people to complement it. Um, you said before that it takes a long time. I don't know if you know, do you know the, uh, the average time that it takes to um, uh, hire a, a CMO in, in Israel for a company? Six months. I wish. Like I would take it any day. Uh, it used to be nine months, and now it's actually eleven months. Um, wow. Yes, yes, and I think part of it is also well. I used to say a lot: if you don't know what you're looking for, you'll never find it. But I don't think that is that. I think that we're very Israeli about it, and we want him to be. We want this person to to have like everything in it. He needs to know that she needs to know performance marketing and branding and funnels and SDLs. And yeah, of course, they need to rule, you know, HubSpot, Marketo, Eloqua. And these are all, you know, very technological kind of. So I think there's also kind of the, the idea and the notion that maybe we shouldn't look for 11 months for this, you know, unicorn. And we need yeah. to kind of think and break it down into different things. So these are like three trends that we kind of discussed, but I think they're they're out in the open and I feel it is, is a positive trend. Um, the negative one is I think we're going to see just more and more um, shortage of, of, of um, highly you know trained executives. highly skilled yeah 
yeah, it is a challenge. It is a challenge, uh, especially because, you know, yeah, add, go for it. Please. You, you asked before about uh, low budgets and, um, you know, for startups. I want, I want them to leave with some practical tips because I think that um, when you're low on budget and you still have to do marketing and, and meet your customers somewhere, I would highly recommend for people to think, like have the mindset of creating their assets assets that are really theirs and no one else can touch for example your database of of contacts so start working on creating that from really early on have your your database of people that you can always reach out to whether it's through email marketing or through other ways but start accumulating that from very early on and that doesn't cost a lot of money anyway and yeah. then um, the other thing is communities. Isn't that why we're here? You know, so yeah. build communities because that that's a real power. And if you have a strong community alongside your, uh, I would say, classic or normal marketing tactics, then you have a follower base that you are engaging with, and you're you're with the hand on the pulse with your target audience all the time, and you have a very short uh, short time frame to get to them and less, very, very accessible. So uh, I would say build a community, whether it's on, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, or any other dedicated forum for it. Yeah. The communities is, is not a lot of money. It does take time, but it's worth the effort. Um, and I would also say content marketing. So podcasts, um, you know, and, and obviously blogs, etc. But but really find or social media, organic social media, but put your focus on on creating content. Definitely, I would add to that. Uh, you know, coming from uh, content promotion companies, content is extremely important. Building it wisely, but also when you don't have a lot of budget, I would um, first I would suggest to work with with freedom, not to make make a um, create a huge marketing department but but work with 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 freelancers this is one and second is um try and uh hack your way when, when you don't have a lot of money think of hacks of how to create clever partnerships how to uh reach out to influencers within your domain and create a partnership with them and lean on on their on their communities on their ability to to distribute uh, this would be my two tips Efra, just to, to clarify on your point the uh you know community building is this something that you know the ceo should be doing from day one versus waiting for someone who's leading marketing to to sort of build the community is it is it ultimately the ceo's job to build a community in any company or do you eventually think it makes sense for you know it to be the cmo vp marketing or you know head of community management right you've seen that position as well if the ceo has the uh what it takes to build a community go ahead and do it don't wait like start really early on but not all of them have it you know they're they're more on the technological side or they're product people and they're afraid to go out and you know be with uh, so intimately with your with the target audience so um so, and and you can also outsource that to someone else but if the ceo is up for touching the ground and feeling the vibes in the market then yes go ahead and build it right early on even if it's patchy and it's not perfect and you know and and you don't know really what you're doing just go ahead and try uh, because it is Today, it's really easy to do it with the platforms. Yeah. Uh, and then when you hire your first uh, marketing talent, hand it over uh, to, to the right person. But yeah, start early on. Have the CEO start. I guess, I guess it depends on the community because, you know, if, if, yeah. if, if the CEO is a tech, is a tech person, he can uh, very um, initially create a tech community, um, mm -hmm. which is close right. to his heart. It depends. Right. I'd like to offer a different angle, again, from, from the uh, employer brand or employee um, brand perspective. Um, and when I think of communities, this is something that's actually a tool, a technique that we use in order to get people more engaged. Um, can I say a few words about it? Because it's kind of looking- Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Okay. So I think like at the essence of essence, okay, as human beings, we all want to be, you know, in our deepest, deepest, you know, when we put up everything and we come to the country, we all want to be a part of something bigger. Okay, we all want to um, believe that, that we're contributing to something bigger than us. And a company can really hold that spot, um, creating that sort of um, meaning, experience and meaning. I, I would say three things, okay? And this is totally employer brand um, um, related. If you want to get to that point where you're using your best assets, your talents, in conveying the message, you got to keep it personalized. That's the first thing. Um, you know, we're a data company, but we keep collecting data about our people. It could be like in the most tactic, like tactic ways. Okay, you don't send a beer to someone who who's gluten free. Okay, we know our people. We know what to send them. You, 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 this one has two kids, so he'll get two Kinder eggs with their with their names on it. Again, I'm, I'm talking about the notion that we're all part of something bigger. And when in this bigger picture of more than a thousand people, the company sees me, wow, they actually know that I'm this and that. They intended that for me. So that makes that feeling, that good feeling that I'm in sense of something bigger. So keep it personalized, yeah. um, meaningful. I think that's very, very important. Don't just do things because it's tradition or this is the way that it's done. And I'll just say that alcohol and sugar are not values. So just like to put it out there, when you do something connected- What about coffee? What about coffee? Coffee is a value, of course. Thank you, okay. Thank you, yeah, no, just alcohol and sugar. Um, but really try to connect everything you do, even like the simple things, okay? There's like holidays, okay? It's Hanukkah, you go out, you light the candles. Put something more into it. Why do you invite, I don't know, your neighbors to come light the candles with you and put some meaning of, of you know, commodity and, and, and friendship into it. And the last thing I think, um, is again very important. I said before, but it's it's the engagement, not that kind of engagement that marketeers are like. No, not that like one. The engagement that comes from a place that I feel a part of this, and this is something that you know, as a as an employer brand marketeer, this is my job. Okay, that everyone feels you know that they know where we're going. They are part of this big group. They feel like we're watching them individually, like we know them as individual, and what they're doing is meaningful. And when you have that, then that creates a, a, a strong um, employer brand. I'm sorry, I took the whole direction to, no, to no, a no, particular uh, um, place. So, but it was just my two cents. Yeah, I remind you that we never apologize. You have said great things. Thank you. Never complain, never explain. You were great. Yeah, everything's been really, really great. But I just want to, you know, point point to your your last comment, which is. This is actually interesting advice for product people as well when they think about how to engage with customers, right? If you can sort of integrate some of those findings of how an employer retains and engages its employees to how you do that to customers, I actually think there's some really interesting overlap um, because when I use a product, I don't get a message that's personalized to me, Max Marine, the user, but with questionnaires and AI, like the future of product should be that every single user has his or her own, own unique experience um, that, that recognizes sort of their, um, their preferences. So unfortunately we've run out of time, maybe just to, to close, um, you know, each one of you could just share one sort of piece of advice uh, from your, your experience in, in, in marketing and in branding, um, you know, to sort of leave founders with just a little bit of food for thought. Leave founders with with food for thought and marketers. So maybe so maybe my my tip would be mostly for founders, but I really think that good marketeers and good CMOs are founders of a small startup within the company. Yeah. Uh, marketing operation is really like a company on its own. So I would my tip would be leverage your impact. And what do I mean by that? So I'm invested, for example, in multiple initiatives. I have my full-time job. I have GCMO. I have a community I run. I have <clears throat> social and political agendas, so my activism. And when I exercise different muscles in different areas and then pour my insights and my lessons, lessons learned back to my main area of expertise, I feel I become a better entrepreneur and a better manager so so a more rounded manager and so i would recommend to leverage your impact from what you're doing around your 
day job into your day job? I would say um, explore the metrics. Um, meet with meet for 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 a real virtual or real coffee or glass of wine with people from product. Become very good friends with people from product, and um, because this this is a key to understanding the heart of the company. There, there is where we can, as a marketeers, make an impact to a flat point. But from the other side, we can be the voice of the of the customer. We can be the voice of the users, and and to in, intercorporate that into the product makes make friends with pro, the product guys, and they're they're usually nice. <laughs> usually. Oh no. Okay, I'm taking this in a totally different direction. Hire women. Again. Yes. Hire women. Why? Amen. Well, amen. Thank you, sister. A, a woman. A woman. A woman. Uh, <laughs> um, but but seriously, I think uh, in marketing, because there's just like these so many level and we're very um, multi uh, skilled. But but other than that, I think it's one of the the um, professions where we're at the stage where we're 50-50, which is really um, quite unique um, for, for CMOs and, and VP positions. Um, and yeah, I'm a feminist. I know it's not a word that a lot of people like to use, but we're actually really comfortable because we actually believe in equality. And, and that's my, my um, advice to founders, hire women. You want as much you know, different perspective in a room. And I was asked this a while ago and someone said, you really expect me to take someone on the board just because she's a woman? And I said, yes, because <laughs> you have a lawyer there that gives you, you know, that um, sound advice and you have the finance guy, but you don't have a woman. And that's another perspective. And I'm not saying it should, they should rule the world, they should. But I'm saying in the boardroom, you do want to get that other perspective. So that's my, uh, my tip, hire women. And have women on your panels. Um, Sophie, Shiri, Efrat, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you Thank to our you. audience for joining. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the next one, hopefully in person. Thank you for having us. Toda. Toda. Bye.